Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, now, last week we made it through the first six verses, okay, which I had literally planned to go through all the way, uh, but we made it through the first six verses. Now, let's go back and let's read them, guys. Let's read them and try to finish up, if you will, chapter 38. Ezekiel 38, verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, sit your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against them and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O God, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses, and horsemen, all splendidly clothed with a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Tagormar, and the far north and all its troops, and many people are with you. Now, by way of recap, remember what we've talked about, okay? I want to go back all the way. What's going to happen, guys, is we are living in a world where we are about to see the imminent return of Jesus Christ. We see in First Thessalonians, he says to you and I, he says that one day, guys, that all of a sudden you're going to hear the trumpet of God, the dead, in the, in the voice of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and we'll be with him forever. And then Paul says, comfort one another with these words. So what happens next on the prophetic calendar is really the rapture of the church. Now, where Ezekiel comes in is they go, okay, so there's a prophecy concerning Ezekiel that has not happened. Now, verses 1 through 8, now last week I said it had been fulfilled, but what what really what was what what should have been said in in way of correction is that the, the players are set up to be fulfilled, okay? Everyone is ready to go. And and you can see the world start happening and start turning. Now, one of the things we have to realize, guys, in our minds, is that Jesus told us in Matthew 24, when the disciples asked him, when are we going to see these things? Jesus, the very first thing out of my Lord and Savior's mouth was, don't be deceived. Okay? Don't be deceived. He He didn't go, hey, watch for those earthquakes, or watch out for tornadoes, or watch this, or watch that. He says, don't be deceived. And one of the things we must do, guys, is we must always put on the helmet of salvation to keep our minds pure so that we're not deceived. You go, well, who's deceiving us? Well, here's what's going on. In the world today, specifically on October 21st, 2020, we have seen a surge in the world of coronavirus. Okay? In March, oh, okay, so we're kind of walking through this and we kind of went through the summer going, okay, things should, all right, all right, let's, let's go and let's go back to school. Let's get ready. Let's get back to life. And all of a sudden, so much so guys that I believe that our attention is really off world events and focused on the coronavirus, which rightfully is. I mean, we should, we should be concerned, but we must not forsake that. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived. 
And so we know that the Lord said, don't be deceived. So we need to focus. Okay, God, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? He says, I'm going to come back in what? In the twinkling of an eye. The twinkling of an eye. Half a blink, I'm going to come back. We could be sitting here right now. We'll hear the trumpet sound and we'll be gone. Boom. The dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Now, here's what we need to remember. How do you get saved? Salvation comes when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. When you realize, I can't get to heaven on my own. I need him to come in. I believe in him. I confess him as Lord. I know he's God. He died on the cross for me. He resurrected on the third day, and he's sitting in heaven. He's going to come back for me. When you believe that with all of your heart, you're saved. We need to be careful because sometimes we judge people going, well, they don't really act like a Christian or they don't do that. This is what the Lord said in Romans that if you believe in your heart and confess him, you will be, help me church, saved. So we want to be saved. We want people saved. My heart is always to see people saved, to see people saved. So we know that that, that's what's going to happen, okay? So we're expecting that. So what do we do? Well, all of a sudden in the Middle East, guys, tensions are rising, okay? They have been rising since 2015, when Russia actually invaded Syria in Damascus and all of that thing. I mean, we, we, we sort of left that. Well, okay. I mean, it was all going on in 2015. I did another teaching of Ezekiel 30 and 39 in 2000. But none of that has stopped, guys. Russia is still in Syria. And Syria, if you go to Israel today, you can stand on the northern border of, of Israel and look over into Syria. You can see that there were bunkers there. You can see, I mean, so it's, it's very close. Now, uh, Iran is in Syria as well. So these countries are in there for a reason, only we cannot be distracted. We got to keep our eyes focused on the word of God. So what does he say? Okay, so this war that he's going to talk about today, guys, is going to happen. When is it going to happen? Does anybody know? We don't know. Is it going to happen before the rapture? Is it going to happen after the rapture simultaneously? I don't know. But I am going to give you the key elements so you know, so you watch. And when you watch World News, you'll know what's going on. So what do we say? He says Gog, right? Who is Gog? Gog is just a title, guys. He's the chief prince of Magog. It's a title. It could be president. It could be um, ruler, okay? And if you go on your computer and you type in the most powerful man in the world right now, 2020, there's one person that comes up. This is Vladimir Putin of Russia. I found that interesting, okay? Now, uh, Jing Jinping from China is there as well. Um, so not sure how this ties in. So you got two number one and number two world rulers. And the Lord says, I have this against you, Mr. Well, you go, Ben, Ben, Ben. I got a question. It could be spiritual, right? It could be, it could be the ruler. It could be the chief prince. It could be Satan. I mean, I mean, any of this. Well, he says, here's the thing. Notice what he says, guys. He says, um, son, set your, set your face against who? The prince, the title of the land of Magog. Who's Magog, guys? Along, it's, it's really Central Asia, along with the northern regions, formerly part of the USA. Do we have that picture from last week, Josh? That we can kind of pull them up so you can kind of see. Okay. So, so you've got Magog up there. You guys can see that. We looked at that last week. We got Magog right up here. So all the central area. You got Rosh, which is considered Russia. Meshach. You got Turkey. All of these areas right here. Look, Turkey is right in here. Okay, so that's going to be all of those, right? You've got 
You've got uh, Meshach and Tubal, that's going to be, and then over here, guys, don't forget Iran. Okay, you've got Libya, all of these. Now, here's what I want you to keep in mind, okay? Here is Syria. Okay, this is Israel. You guys see that on Israel? This is Egypt and Saudi Arabia. You guys see those, okay? Keep those in mind. Those are going to be key players as we go on. Okay, right now, Russia is here in Syria. So is Iran, okay? They're all in right now. Now, Turkey is actually holding hands with Russia and Syria, or Russia and Iran. They're holding, they're BFF. Yet the Sunni Muslims and the Shiite Muslims are completely opposite. They go to blows, if you know what I mean. That's, that's, those are, I mean, this is what's going on. Yet, right here, what's going on in the world is these guys are all becoming BFF, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so you have that. Now, he also says, I've got this. I've got Persia, right? Modern day Persia was, was Iran. Okay, if you didn't know that, it only changed his name in ni- since 1935. Then you got Ethiopia, you got Libya right here, okay? That's going to be considered put to the far west. You got Gomer, which includes a lot of, it could, it could include Germany and Poland. And here's the point, guys. The point is you've got a lot of dudes right here, a lot of countries that are going after this little sliver of land. Okay, so what does he say? Now, here's where it gets interesting. Look at verse 4. Ezekiel 38, 4, guys, underline that. The Lord says, I will turn you around. I will put hooks in your jaws and lead you out with your army, horses and horsemen, splendidly clothed with a great company of bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords. Okay, but the New Living Translation says, I will put hook in your jaws and pull you to your doom. So it sounds like these guys, okay, we'll go back to the map. These guys are not interested in a war. And you could say that right now. They're not interested. What what does Israel have that they want? They're not interested in that. Okay? I could give you the players like Iran. Iran is just, he's not really, he's not really, I mean, he's just more of his own ego trip kind of thing. I mean, they've they've got some key players. Um, So what is it? They're not interested. But God says, I'm going to force them, and he's going to drag them into the war. Now, last week... We saw two possible scenarios. Guys, taking note, natural gas. Okay, right now, Russia is the biggest import, um, exporter, if you will, of natural gas and oil. So they control all of this here in, with gas. Okay, and oil. So something, you go, okay, so what would happen? Well, all of a sudden, if you'll see right in here, this is the Mediterranean Sea, and they have found what they call Leviathan. Leviathan was one of the biggest natural gas under, under the, the Mediterranean Sea that you could ever find. And Israel found it, right? They were even talking. Now, this hasn't been proven, so don't quote me, that in the Golan Heights, right up in here, the Golan Heights, that they actually found natural gas there too. It would stand to reason that God has blessed Israel. Would you agree? Okay. So, what if, here's the scenario, what if, now I just want you to think, these are, what if all of a sudden Israel, little Israel becomes the, the chief export at a cheaper price to the world. Guess what? Russia stands to lose money. Russia stands to lose prominence, right? Vladimir Putin today loses what? Credibility. I mean, I don't know. This is just scenario, okay? Now, Another reason that there's got to be there's got to be a, a want there's got to be a need something that Israel wants 
something that Israel has that, 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 that they're going to get this confederation of, of countries to fight them, okay? What could it be? We go, okay, so what if it isn't oil? But what if it's food? What if it's food? You go, why? Because, guys, here's the thing, man. I've studied the Bible, and there were 13 major famines in the Bible, major, worldwide. If you recall our Genesis study, there was a huge famine, right, when Joseph was in prison, right, and there was a huge famine. Potiphar's like, I had this dream, there's going to be a famine, seven years, seven years, right? But it didn't just affect Egypt, guys. It affected all the land of Canaan to where that's where the, the children of Israel came to Egypt because there was a famine, what if there was a worldwide famine in the land today? Now, that's, guys, listen, is that not a possibility? Because even today, church, even today, what the national media and local media are telling us is to pile, to stock up again. Don't be surprised if you see the grocery store starting to run out of your necessities. It's starting to happen again. It's like, why are we piling up again? Oh, well, what if there's a second wave? Well, we're riding the wave. But the point is, is it can happen like this. What if Israel... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you realize, guys, that Israel is growing food in five different climates? From northern Israel, okay, right up here, guys, it's called the Galilee, northern Israel. It's as lush and as plush and as green that you can imagine. They're, they're, they have bananas. I mean, they're growing everything there. It's unbelievable. Pomegranates, it's crazy. But in the desert, right here, when you start getting to the desert and the Dead Sea, guess what they're growing? Watermelons. They're actually growing dates now. The original Judean dates. That's a later sermon. But there hasn't been a Judean date tree in over 2,000 years. They found a seed, they planted it, it resurrected, and now they're actually growing Judean dates in the desert right here. So what if it's a famine? And the world needs food. You go, wow, yeah, okay, okay. What other hook could it be? Can I give you a third? Can I give you a third option? I just want to get you to think. I'm not telling you this is it. I'm just trying to get you to think. Uh, I'm trying to get you to think, okay? You go, what do you mean? Um, I was watching the news this week, and I rarely watch the news. But somehow I was watching the news, and they were talking about COVID-19 outbreaks, okay? But they were talking about worldwide, and it sort of piqued my attention. And you go, why did it pique your attention, Ben? Do you realize, and I don't know, does anybody watch the news? Do you realize that Russia was one of the biggest hotspots for the virus? As a matter of fact, check this out. I pulled this off the internet today. Let me read it to you. Okay, this is Russia, October 21st, what you need to know today. Russia confirmed 15,700 new COVID cases today. Bringing its official number of cases to 1.4 million, 400, you know, 335,000. So one, let's just round it up. 1.5 million confirmed cases. Okay. A record 317 people have died just in the past 24 hours. 
When I saw that get read on the news, I went, whoa, 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 whoa. A number of Russian regions risks facing, listen, a second wave of the coronavirus pandemic that's 10 times worse than that of the first. Senior Russian vector-borne uh, disease expert said Tuesday. Senior Russian healthcare professionals say that the expert, oh, expect the country's number of daily COVID infections to peak at 20,000 before stabling within the next two weeks. So 5,000. So it's a hot spot, Russia. You go, yeah, okay. What piqued my interest, guys, what got me thinking is because Israel is so amazing in food, natural gas, technology, but they're also very good at medical. What if? Everybody say, what if? Because I want you to say that because I don't want you to go, Pastor Ben said, this is what, no, what if? What if Israel came up with more than a vaccine, an actual cure, a preventative to COVID? And Russia's folks are getting sicker and sicker and sicker. I wonder if that would be something that would drag them into war to get. We got to have that vaccine. Yeah, but we only have enough for our, for, I, I, just, a, just a thought, okay? These are just scenarios I'm pointing out. This is not what the Word of God says. It just says that God's going to put a hook. We can speculate on all kinds of hooks, but I want you to think, hmm, hmm, okay? Why? Because what are the three basic essentials that man needs? Food, shelter, and clothing. You say them with me. Food, shelter, and clothing. Now, if our health goes away, then we don't need any of those, right? So the number one thing we need is to be healthy, to have good health. So that's kind of where we ended up, okay? Now, the, we finished up last week in Psalm 83. But what, what I didn't tell you last week is that there was some speculation that this actually, Psalm 83 war had already happened, okay? And you go, wait, Psalm 83, yeah, it happened in 1948. According to Amir Safari, he said, he said, this, I believe that this has already happened. And you go, how so? Because according to Psalm 83, verse 4, just listen to this. He says, they said this coalition, okay, he's going to name them here. He said, have come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. So in 1948, guys, the name Israel was actually restored when it became a nation. For 1900 years, it was not Israel. May 15th, 1948, what happened? The name of Israel was restored, okay? But the key players in Psalm 83, guys, are, you guys ready? It's here, it's Syria, that's a key player, okay? Um, Lebanon, which is right up here, right there. You can't see it with this map. That's Lebanon. Okay. Jordan, which is down here. You guys see Jordan? Okay. And Egypt over here. So you've got boom, 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 boom. Okay. And then you have what he calls the local Arabs. Now, this is according to Amir Safari. He said, this already happened. And he said, why? Because now, these countries, let me name them again, guys, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, and local Arabs are now at peace with Israel. They're, they're not at war. They're not, they're, they have no intention of fighting here with Israel, those countries. Now, whenever you have something, 
Brother Joe, you always have two sides. So somebody comes and goes, no, no, it didn't really happen. Um, one of the things that I would write on my notes is I would say, I would look at these countries just to see if they would get hostile in the next coming months. If Egypt decides to attack Israel or Jordan says, I mean, I, I don't know, but it would be interesting because that would usher us into what? Psalm 83 war. But it, right now, guess what? Now, notice, guys, look at this again. Here is Egypt. You guys see that? Bordering. Here is Jordan bordering. Here is Syria bordering. And here is Lebanon bordering. These are bordered countries of Israel. These are bordered. You guys with me? Okay? Bordered. They're at peace with them right now. That peace. That's going to play into what we talk about here in just a minute. Okay? So, did, did it happen in 1948? I really don't know. But, but it's good to watch. It's good to watch. It's good to see. Okay? Now, again, guys, most people believe this happened because it happened in 1948. Now you go, why? Why do people believe this? Well, I want to show you something. Because it was with all the named countries. Look at Ezekiel 28 with me. Um, it should be up here. Ezekiel 28, verse 24 through 26. He says this. Uh, and there shall no longer be a prickling briar or a painful thorn for the house of Israel among all who are around them, who despise them. Then they shall know that I am God. Thus says the Lord, when I have gathered the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, I'm hollowed in them in the sight of the Gentiles, and they will dwell in their own land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. Verse 26. And they will dwell, what's that, guys? Safely there. Build houses, plant vineyards. Yes, they will dwell securely when I execute judgments on all those around him who despise them. Then they shall know I am the Lord God. So, 28, moving on, right? He's saying right here, he's saying, listen, these countries are not going to be a threat to you anymore. He says, I am the Lord. They're going to know I am God. I am God. And you go, well, what's the purpose? Well, Psalm 83 and 18 says that they may know you whose name alone is the Lord and are the most high over all the earth. So, is Psalm 83 about to happen? Could happen. I think it may have already happened. But we know this. The war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 has not happened. Okay? Russia has not come down to take care of them. Okay, with all of the countries. Now, many have confused the events of the War of Magog, Agog and Magog um, with preceding war described in Psalms, Ezekiel, Obadiah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Zephaniah. But keep this in mind. You guys ready? This is important. This is, this is noteworthy. That it is God and God alone who destroys the Russian-Iranian-Turkish coalition. God destroys them. You guys with me? Okay, good. However, the war, the Psalm 83 war, it's an Israeli army who is blessed by God who destroys the Arab coalition. So you go, oh, okay, okay. You guys tracking? Okay, so God is going to destroy this. This is going to be so amazing. Now, I hope we have a heaven view. Okay, boom, rapture. We're out of here. We're high-fiving each other on the way up. 
And when we get there and we see all that's going to go down in here, maybe not. I don't want to see what's going to go down, what's going to happen down here when I'm gone. But, but, I mean, we know that God's going to do some incredible things to God be the glory. Amen? To God be the glory. So, you guys ready? Jot this down. What are the requirements of the war of Gog and Magog, Joe? First and foremost, Israel must be reestablished as a sovereign Jewish nation. Did that happen? 1948. And if you ever do history, I mean, any history bus, if you ever go back and see how close that was to not happening in 1948, May 15th, it would blow your mind. I mean, we're talking minutes of actually signing them into statehood. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let me just stop right here and say this, okay? Are you guys believers? then you have an enemy who is going to go to great lengths to see you stumble and fall. Just like he's doing everything he can to thwart the plan of God, moving forward, the enemy wants to get us to quit. He wants to get us to... to. Now is not the time, what I say, to play church. Now is the time to dig in, get, get your foundation rooted deep and go, okay, okay, we can see it, guys, you can see it. The scales have fallen off your eyes. Number two, another requirement, living securely, the Bible says, without walls, right? That's a requirement. Is that happening today? Okay, look at this. Look at this. They're, they're actually secure because all their bordering countries are at peace with them. Okay? Now, it's safer in Jerusalem than some places in the United States. We were in Israel. We flew back to Dallas. After Dallas, by the time we got here, we were hungry. We were going to drive home. Guess what? We were hungry, so we ended up at a Whataburger and somewhere in Dallas, and it was pretty spooky in Dallas and Whataburger, I'm telling you. You were like, what? I mean, I didn't feel, I, I felt safer in Israel. And I'm telling you right now, guys, that's, is that happening now? The third, guys, is that there needs to, they need to be living at peace in the Middle East. Is there a peace plan in place? There's actually two of them, is there not? Our President Donald Trump has actually introduced two different peace plans. One with the Palestinians and then, of course, one with the UED, is that what it is? The Emirates, U... The what? It's, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the Arabs that, 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 that he just, this one just happened in, now in August. And last but not least, guys, one of, it has to be one of, if not the richest nations on the earth. And that is, that goes without saying. You, I mean, it, it, you, if, if you move to Israel, which you can't, because I've looked into it, but if you move to Israel, um, first and foremost, if you're not Israeli, if you're not Jewish, you cannot take their jobs. Okay? You, you, you can't go work there and say, I want to live here. You have to be like a missionary and you have, to, you have to have your money coming in from somewhere else. But it's also very, very expensive to live there. Do you realize that it's like 8 to $9 a gallon of gas? You go, wow, why is it so expensive? Because Israel's so small, you could drive across the country really in, in like three hours. It's not, 
but everything's expensive. And our tour guide told us at one point, she said, hey, you see those? And this is right off the Mediterranean there in, in a place called uh, Netanya, 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 Israel. A million dollars for just a small little thing. It's pretty good in Israel. Okay? These things have happened. We're ready. We're set up for the war. Okay, back to our text. Picking up, look, verse, verse 4 again. I will turn you around, put sick in your jaws, lead you out. With all the horses and the horsemen, all splendidly clothed with a great company of bucklers and shields and handling the word. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them. All of them with the shield and helmet, Gomer and his troops and the house of Tagomar as far as the north and his troops. Many people are with you. Look at verse 7. He says, prepare yourself and be ready. You and all your companies and that are gathered about you and be a guard for them. Do you guys see that? Be a guard for them. If you're a note taker, you can underline or highlight that phrase, be a guard. Why? Because in the Hebrew, it means to to place to a place of confinement like a prison. To a place of confinement. Okay? It sounds like this Gog, this prince, his allies are going to be stuck in a war with Russia. As if they're obligated to go along with the invasion. Let me see the map again real quick, Josh. Okay. So, all of these, okay, guys, Libya. I wonder, just a wonder, just a thought. I wonder if all of these countries right here are just dependent upon Russia and oil. Because again, it says these countries are not going to have a choice. Now, okay, here we go. Guys, look, Turkey, Iran, and Russia, they're holding hands. They have secret meetings. They're talking. They're BFF. But the rest of them are going to go, man, we are obligated Listen, bro, if you don't come and got my, if you don't get my back, man, we're going to cut you off. No, you can't cut us off, right? Now, what makes this interesting to me, and it should to you too, is that, guys, we taught this in 2015 and there wasn't a worldwide pandemic. We are in the midst of a worldwide pandemic where these countries are suffering from coronavirus and the COVID-19 and so forth. Now, what am I trying to do? I'm just trying to get you guys to think, wow, we're super close. We're super close. You go, well, Ben, 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 I got a question. Why, why do you feel like they're going to be obligated? Well, look at verse 12 for just a second, guys. Look at verse 12. It says, in Ezekiel 38, it says, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places, that they are, again, inhabited against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Now, your attention, please remember, in the, book of, in the book of Revelation, there's a lot of symbolism. Here he's giving a lot of symbolism as well. He says, listen, the reason you're going to be stuck is that you're going to take booty. What would Israel have that these, these countries need? Okay? To take plunder. Guys, to take plunder. Now, remember I told you out in the Mediterranean right here was this large field, this natural gas field called Leviathan. Leviathan. And it's off the coast of Israel, 47 kilometers, 29 miles, guys, southwest of Tamar, is this Tamar gas field. So you have all of this, all of this natural gas in the ocean just waiting. See, Leviathan, guys, gas field was the largest field in the whole Mediterranean Sea. 
until 2015. You know what happened? They actually discovered what they called the Zor prospect. And Zor is the largest gas field discovery ever, right next to Leviathan. So here's Israel. Right in here, guys, the Lord has put more natural gas that could probably supply the whole world for decades to come. What plunder, guys, what plunder would it be? If these guys going, listen, we can, what, what can we do with natural gas? We can heat our homes, we can drive our cars, we can have businesses, we can live, we can cook food, we, all of this stuff, right? So there's something, guys, that Israel has that these countries want. They're, they're hooked into it. But what if it's not even natural gas? What if it's something else? Hmm. Hmm. What if it's food or health? I don't know. Look at verse 8, guys, as we go on. He says, After many days the Lord is speaking, you'll be visited. In the latter years you will come to the land who's brought you back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which has long been desolate. They were brought out of nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud. You and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day... Now, before we go on, remember, he says, this war is going to be incredible. I mean, Israel's going to be sitting there. They're going to... Let's go back to the... Let's go back to the map real quick. Thank you guys for doing this. They're all of a sudden, they're sitting in peace. They're having a great time. All of our borders are just, woo, this is good. This is good. All of our borders, we're, we're, we're happy. We're secure. And he says, they're going to come in, guys, like a, like this, like, um, what do we call it here in Lubbock when, when the brown, what is it called? A haboob? Yeah, it comes really in. You just watch it. You're like, what? I'll never forget the first time we were in a haboob. I remember looking at it, thought it was the end of the world. Everything went brown. Oh, if you'd ever been in one. Anyways, <laughs> that's what it's going to be, guys, like a storm covering the land like a cloud. Wow. Well, God says this in verse 10. On that day, it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. And you will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will go to peaceful people who dwell in safety. All of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. What's he saying? They're looking at Israel right now and saying, listen, this is a good... We're going to go to an unwalled security. What literally means they're sitting in confidence. That's what it literally means. Or it could mean careless or complacent. Now, I think about food. I think about all the food that Israel's growing. I think about the watermelons. I think about just, listen, guys, they, they, they grow more food than they can feed their whole country. And they can't export it due to export laws, but they can't export all of it. So, so a lot of it, and, and I just wonder, I'm like, wow. I think about technology. I think about the apps that they make. I think about, I think about Motorola and I think about, I mean, all of these major technical companies moving to Israel. I mean, they're sitting, they're sitting pretty confident in who they are. 
I just wonder. The problem with Israel today, though, guys, is that they're dealing with the same thing we're dealing with. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, they're actually, they actually shut down the economy once again. And you need to understand, in Israel, Israel is rich, but Israel has a, the, the, a lot of it is, is tourism. Bus after bus after bus after bus after bus after bus, money after money after money spent in Israel. Okay, we, we would go to merchant shops. Listen, they make their living on selling to you and I souvenirs. They don't have any souvenirs there. I mean, they don't have any tourism now. They, Benjamin Netanyahu shut it down. Just a thought. Just a thought. So what's happening in the world? Look at verse 12, guys. It says, Sheba, Deden, and the merchants of Tarshish... And all their long lions will say, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock goods, to take a great plunder? You go, what's he talking about? Okay, guys, so let's put the map up again. Sheba and Dedan, guys, just so you know, is Saudi Arabia. Okay, they're supporting Israel right now, but that's who it is. Okay, so Saudi Arabia right there. They're not a key player They're, of course, our only ally to Israel, but they're not going to help Israel. You know what they're going to do? They're simply going to ask. They're going to ask, hey, did you? Why did you? Hey, guys. Hey, Russia. Why are you taking their plunder? That's what they're doing, guys. That's what they're doing. Tarshish could be, could be, everybody say could be, Great Britain, and the United States, some have said that it could be the young lion. Do you guys see that? It could be. Now, Great Britain, the U.S., other countries, they're simply protesting, hey, stop it. Don't do that to Israel. But they're not helping Israel. The only thing we know that is in the last days, not a single country will stand with Israel. Question. Right now, our administration is pro-Israel. We, he has actually moved the embassy to Jerusalem. I stood right there. He's very pro-Israel. Now, I don't know all the politics that go on in the White House or anything like that. I don't, I, I don't have a clue. I just know that, it, that he's pro-Israel. Um, during this war, the USA doesn't back Israel. Doesn't back Israel. Now, here's what I want you to say. Hmm, I wonder why. Let's try it together. Together, ready? Hmm, I wonder why. Right? That's a good question. I wonder why. Okay, so keep this in mind. Okay, keep this in mind. The United States of America is not mentioned in Scripture, nor are we a powerhouse to help Israel. So something happens to the United States. You go like what? Well, let me give you three possible answers. What? Number one, we're in big financial trouble. We're in big financial trouble. Our economy has tanked. We can't help anybody. We have no money for our citizens, and therefore we cannot pour into our military. That could be a reason. Okay? You go, what else? 
Um, number two, um, we are overly concerned with health-related issues that we cannot or will not join a foreign war. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like you're reading today's newspaper? We're just, we, we just, we just can't. We can't. Hello, yes, we'd love to help. We just can't right now. We've got our own issues to deal with. Or, let me just throw this one out. Number three, um, we're not an ally of Israel anymore. Ben, I have a question. I have a question. USA is not mentioned. You've got uh, Saudi Arabia, but you said Syria right here. What's going on with Syria? What's going on with Syria at this time? Okay. Well, let me um, go over to Isaiah 17 real quick. I just want to show you. We're just going to look at one verse, but let me give you three possible scenarios of what's going on with Syria. Okay? Um, let's say the Psalm 83 war has not happened. Okay, Joe? It hasn't happened. Let's just, for the sake of our Bible study, let's just say that. Okay? So during the Psalm 83, led by Israel's military, let's just say that Israel decides to take out Damascus as a sign to Russia and Iran and Turkey, hey, don't get any closer. You don't think for a minute that that Israeli intelligence doesn't have an eye right here. As those three enemies are gathering together for the fight of their life. So what do they do? They wipe out Syria and cause Russia and Iran maybe to jump into a war. That could be another reason. It may not be natural gas. It may not be health. It may not be food. It may just be like, look, wait a minute. You you attacked me. Let's go. Let's go. The second scenario is that Israel or Syria, who we know has chemical and bioweapons, launches some sort of chemical and biological attack that kills many of those in the north right here. Okay? And remember the Samson option last week? What's going to happen, guys, is that Israel's going to follow with a nuclear attack and it's going to wipe out all of Damascus. Because Israel said, no more. After the Holocaust, after they said, no, if you push us to a corner, we're going to come out swinging. The third option is Israel's fighting on all fronts, facing a Syrian army, sweeping right through the northern utilized limited version of the Samson option, and to avoid being overrun. I mean, this could be everything that's going on. But the results are clearly spelled out. You go, why? Look at Isaiah 17, verse 1. It says this, This is the oracle, the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city, and it will be a ruinous heap. You guys see that? Okay. In verse 9, it says, In that day their strong cities, which left because of the Israelites, will be a like places abandoned to thickets and undergrowth, and it will be a desolation. Verse 14, In the evening, sudden terror. Before the morning, they're gone. This is a portion of those who loot us, the, the lot of those who plunder us. You go, what do we know? Syria is sitting there, guys. And here's what I do know. If you get on your um, laptop, whatever, your computer, 
Um, Damascus is actually three-fourths, guys, destroyed already. There's not a lot left of Damascus. Why do you, why do you share this with us? Because here's what I want you to take away, at least this tonight, guys, that the Bible is true. If he wrote in Isaiah that Damascus will no longer... And listen, Damascus has been around since Isaiah 17. So we see that the word of God is true. The word of God is true. Let's finish up. Verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord Gog, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, we know that's going to happen, you will not know it. Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. I'm going to hold right there. Go back to the map. Sorry, I have these guys working hard. If you go to Jerusalem right here, guys, just look. What is the very far north? It's just straight on up. It's really, I mean, if you look straight north, I mean, it's, it's just Russia. And he says, he says, man, listen, they're going to come out of the far north with all of these peoples with you. And then he says, riding on horses. We know that they're not going to ride on horses. You guys understand it's symbolism. They're going to come in with their jet fighters and their tanks and however. I don't know if they're going to have boots on the ground. I don't know how this is going to go down. But we know this is what's going to happen. He says there's going to be a huge, a huge war. Well, what happens, Lord? He says you will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. And it will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me and I am hollowed, O Gog, before their eyes. Okay, so God, God's in control. Look at verse 17. He says, Thus says the Lord, Are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years that in those days I would bring you against them? It will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God that my fury will show in my face. Okay? Now, that's the one thing you don't want to see in God. For why, why, Lord? Look at verse 19. For in my jealousy, in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. Okay? So, if we're here, if we happen to see this, we know that there is also going to be a huge earthquake. But the point is, is that God is saying, and he's trying to get, and he's saying, listen, look how small, look how small Israel is. And you have all of these, and God's going to show up in a big way. And he says, listen, I'm God. I'm God. And I don't know if we could take something home tonight before we end up closing. But I don't know if we could take something home and say this. Guys, listen, in our lives, is God God? Does he not have our best interests at heart? Now, let me tell you. What was told to me, maybe this will help you, okay? When we live in a world like we're living in, and it's a mess, would you agree? It's, we, we, we get so, I don't know how many of you, how many of you get so tired of the COVID and just the world we're living in? It's just, it's just, it was stressful before. This is ultra stressful. I think we need to remember that, that, that God is in control and we have to purpose to be thankful. We have to purpose. I mean, we have to work hard because we walk out and we're just like, 
right But we got to go, Lord, thank you. Because there's going to be a great earthquake, guys, so that the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things and, and, and that creep on the earth and all the men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. Wow. Let's just say that we're not raptured before this. We'll fill it here. It will be, listen, and guys, back in the day, I mean, back in the day, several years ago, you know, let's see, Joe would remember, a few of you would remember, you who are young wouldn't remember, but we didn't, I mean, we just, we couldn't, it wasn't, there wasn't anything, I mean, if, if it was news, you had to wait till the next day or if it came out of the news. I mean, we didn't see anything in real time. But now we do. Okay, you can see things in real time. You can you can get on a on your computer right now and see exactly what's going on in Israel real time, their time. You guys with me? You guys know that. You you, you guys are computer savvy. Guys, there's going to be two witnesses that come during the tribulation. That they're going to kill and leave for dead in the middle of Jerusalem. You guys remember that, the two witnesses? You go, who are they? We know one, Moses, Enoch, right? Could be Enoch and Elijah. I mean, we don't know. We'll get to that. But the point is, is that is that they're actually going to be resurrect and people are going to see that real time. When you preach this in 1980, 1990, even early 2000s, you can say that. You can say that. You go, how, how are people going to see in the world? How are satellite? Well, now listen, boom, you can on your phone, man, right there. Facebook, internet, anything, real time. Real time. Verse 21. I will call for the sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him and his troops. And on many peoples who are with him, flooding, rain, great hailstorm, fire, and brimstone. And thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So who, who, who delivers Israel? Not the Israeli army. God steps in in an amazing way. And he tells us what this is going to be like. I guarantee you, if you're here, if we're here and we're not raptured or you choose to be left behind, I pray you don't, this will be the morning news on your iPad or your tablet or whatever it be. Because we don't read a newspaper anymore. Hardly anybody reads. But it'll be, it'll be on the news and it'll be, wow. Whatever type of magnitude earthquake in Israel, and I mean, there, there was this war going on, and they're all wiped out. It's incredible. To God be the glory. God stepped in. You're going to see Israelis go, we don't know what happened. We were preparing for a war because we knew they were coming in, and then they were wiped out. 
are wiped out. We, and again, your minds, if, you're like, if your minds are like mine, you're thinking of, of Left Behind. you remember where Kirk Cameron's looking up and the planes are just being exploded? The enemy's planes are being exploded. And he's like, how is this happening? We haven't even, wow. And it was God who was doing it. That was the very beginning of the movie. So what do I want to leave you with tonight, guys? Here's what I want to leave you with. We're going we're gonna to talk about the aftermath next week. Okay, chapter 39. Got, they tie in together. Okay, we don't have time tonight, but here's what I want to leave you with. The reason I tell you this, number one, is to get you to think. Okay, I want you to think and think about, okay, I don't want you to be deceived. Be careful with, with everything being surrounded with coronavirus. I know it's important, um, but keep your eyes on the Middle East. Okay, watch world news. Try to find a credible news source and just kind of see what's going on in the world. Filter everything through the truth of the word of God. Okay, here's what's going to happen. But what I want it to do, guys, is because it's prophetic, I want that in your heart to just um, solidify your walk with God and get you fired up again. The world we live in, it's not our home. And God put you on this earth for a reason, to be a good witness, to share, to tell people about his love and his goodness. All this is going to go down. It makes more sense than ever before. And I'm telling you right now, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, man, don't wait. Don't wait. If you have people, guys, listen, I'm, I'm asking all of us to be a James in the sense that, that we're all camel knees because we're praying for our loved ones. We're praying for our kids. We're praying for those that don't know Jesus, that, that they wouldn't be left behind. And this is what I've seen. This is just my opinion, okay? So it's not the word of God. This is my opinion. We usually have two camps right now. After the coronavirus, eight months later, after all of this going on, this pandemic, we have two. Here's what I've seen. I've seen those who have been in tune with God and said, yes, you're right, Pastor, we're, we're getting close. I see it. I see it in the Word of God. And then I have another camp that goes, oh, yeah, no worries. And they're actually falling away from God. They're not engaging. And they're looking towards 2021, 2022, 2023, and, and uh, everything we all do, everything we do, everything we do. And the Bible tells us this, right? Remember, as in the days of Noah, remember, it's like the Lord said in the day, what was happening in the days of Noah? People were getting married. People were having lives. People were having babies. They're, they're, as in the days of Noah. But he also says, as in the days of Lot. Do you guys remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you remember where we're headed as a country? So let me encourage you tonight, guys. Get your faith rooted in Jesus. I know, I know, enemy's going to come after you. I know. Get your faith, get your faith rooted in Jesus. And if you're not saved, man, seek the Lord. Lord, you are gracious. Lord, thank you for Lord just um, being able to study and and see what could happen. Lord, we look forward to chapter thirty-nine next week and and see all that's going to happen, Lord. 
Lord, I pray you magnify yourself, Lord, in our lives. That, Lord, you would be gracious and compassionate, Lord, and that we would see Jesus and we would shine Jesus and we would smell like Jesus and we would tell everybody we know. This thing's real. And so do we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.